Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey everybody, how's it going? I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome along to the Chronicles of Aguna podcast live on our YouTube channel as we speak. If you're listening to this on audio platforms afterwards or watching this back on playback, a very big welcome to you too. Uh, don't forget to leave your likes on the way in. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, just a quick episode today. We're going to be running for around about half an hour, uh, which isn't as long as we normally do, but that's just because I'm in a crazy rush to get off to work this evening uh, as well. Um, if you're a DAB listener, if you're in the London area and you fancy tuning in to Millwall against Bristol City uh, in the Championship uh, tonight, then you can catch that on Digital Radio, BBC Radio London. I'll be commentating along with um, Paul Parker, former Manchester United and England defender. So yeah, if you fancy checking that out, that's what I'm up to tonight. That's why I've had to slightly change the time of the podcast today and make it that little bit earlier. Uh, there is a comment uh, in there from uh, Jin Shin. Hold on, where is it? Here we go. He says, do you have a schedule for live videos? Because sometimes it's hard to catch you live. Uh, as I said the other day, mate, I'd love to stick to a schedule. I try to do them at around about 4 or 5 p.m. on weekdays, but it doesn't always work like that just because of my other work commitments. And, and that's the problem that I have. But I will try and be as regular as I can when I can. Uh, but otherwise, just turn your notifications on and um, and hope for the best. So I do apologize. But we want to get the content out to you daily. And that sometimes means that I've just got to shift it around a little bit. I uh, hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Thank you for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. Lots of you in the chat. Just because I'm a little bit short on time, I'm not going to go through everyone in the chat. Instead, we'll get down to it. Let's talk business. Let's talk Arsenal's transfer business because that is what we are here to do today. Mikhailo Mudrik talks continue according to a number of sources, according to a number of reports. Now, there was a quote uh, floating around a little bit earlier on. Let me just bring it up so I can read it to you exactly, uh, which was supposedly from the Shakhtar Donetsk CEO. He said, negotiations are continuing. We receive offers, but they are not the ones that we would like to see on the table. Now, literally in five minutes, I will have a phone conversation with Arsenal. We are open to negotiations and are ready to exchange ideas and figures. So the Shakhtar Donetsk CEO taking the opportunity to publicly uh, state that he was about to jump on a call with the Arsenal hierarchy in order to continue their negotiations over Mikhailo Mudrik, who is desperate to join Arsenal Football Club, who's been angling for this move for a little while. I think that slightly weakens Shakhtar's position as well when the player is so publicly adamant that he wants to go. And I'm sure he'll be making some noise in the background to try and get this move uh, forced through. Uh, you know, at some point during the January transfer window. He might have to be patient. 
because I don't think Arsenal are going to go up to the 100 million euros in terms of the uh, total value of their offer that Shakhtar are said to be looking for. I must admit, I'm a little bit surprised. I have to say this, you know, a few people have said to me over the last few days, well, you said that we'd get Mudrik. Um, you know, you said that we'd get Mudrik for 40 million. You said that we'd get Mudrik for 50 million pounds. I've got to admit, I thought that that would be enough. I really, really did. I thought that if we coughed up something in the region of 45 to 55 million pounds in total, with most of that being up front, that Arsenal would be able to get that deal done. But Shakhtar have proven to be very stubborn. They're looking at the rest of the market. They're looking at the likes, as they keep saying, of Jack Grealish and looking at the fact that he went for 100 million pounds and feel like as a result of that, as a consequence of that, they'd be silly to let Mikhailo Mudrik go. As I've also said to you guys over the past couple of days, the fact that the window isn't open yet means actually the clock isn't ticking yet for Shakhtar Donetsk in terms of making this transfer happen and getting the money in uh, in the January window. Instead, they'll look at this time and look at this period building up uh, to, of course, the, um, you know, to the uh, window opening. And they'll be thinking, yeah, this is our time to jockey, uh, you know, to go back and forward to to, you know, hassle, to haggle, to hassle, haggle is the word I was looking for. Uh, they'll be trying to do that, you know, right now, because as I say, the window isn't open. So no deal can actually be completed. Once the window opens, then the clock starts ticking. And then you might see Shakhtar just soften their stance a little bit if the player continues to push for the move at his end. And, and if the amount that Arsenal are offering gradually creeps up, there will come a point where despite their public stance, Shakhtar will probably think, yeah, you know what, that's fair. We'll take it. And we'll move on. Uh, as Riddy says in the chat, uh, this is Shakhtar's rare chance for a massive payday. They won't make it easy. Yeah, it is a huge chance for them. It is a real big opportunity uh, for them to go out there, uh, you know, and, and bring in uh, a huge amount of money that would really help with the current sort of predicament that their club find themselves in. I keep talking about this, but their situation is a desperate one. They can't play at home at the moment. There is lots of issues uh, in the country at the moment that is obviously having a knock-on effect on the economy and a knock-on effect on football clubs, which are essentially businesses too. So, yeah, you know, there will come a point, I'm sure, uh, where Shakhtar will, will go, yeah, you know what, actually that's reasonable. Forget what we said, you know, about the 100 million euros. Actually, we feel, feel like that's closer to what we're looking for. And we'll let that deal happen and we'll get that deal done. So um, fingers crossed we get to that point sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, we are where we are. Uh, the talks continue. That's been confirmed from the Shakhtar Donetsk side. Uh, all the very, uh, very reputable Arsenal reporters uh, continue to report that Arsenal are still in this, that Arsenal are still trying to make this happen and that conversations are ongoing. But what I think threw a lot of us uh, just yesterday was when David Ornstein, uh, in all his brilliance, stood in front of the NBC cameras and said that Arsenal are in for Joao Felix as well. Now, you know, I talked about Joao Felix over the last few weeks and I said that for me, He's a really good option. He's someone I'd welcome to the club with open arms. I think he can play anywhere across the front line. I think he's much more proven than Mikhailo Modric. He's still young as well. Obviously, his situation at Atletico Madrid isn't ideal. And, um, you know, and, and you know, that's can be looked at as a negative, but it could be looked at as an opportunity as well for us to capitalise and to take him on and to bring him in, etc., etc., I just assumed, and maybe wrongly, that if Arsenal were going big on Mikhailo Mudrik, they weren't 
interested in Joao Felix, really, that they wouldn't really push. They wouldn't try to make that happen. In addition, it would be one or the other that Joao Felix felt like a bit of a plan B uh, because of the nature of the deal that is likely. It's a loan deal. You know, I thought that maybe they'd be trying to get Mudrik in now, but if they couldn't and they had to wait for the summer, perhaps they'd turn to Joao Felix. But it feels to me like, based on what David Ornstein said, that Arsenal are actually at the very least, considering doing both of these deals. And that would be huge. That would be a real, real statement of intent, wouldn't it? It'd be a huge statement of intent. The only thing that just keeps nagging away at me in the back of my mind is, yeah, great. We could probably do with a couple of attackers now that uh, Gabby Jesus is out injured. But we need a midfielder. And, you know, if you go big on those two players and you don't get a midfielder, I'm not sure that that's right, in my personal opinion. I'm not sure that that's necessarily what I want to see. I'd probably rather see a really good forward come in, obviously, and then us going out and spending anything else that we have at our disposal, any other resource, on a midfielder. So, yeah, I am a little bit um, a little bit torn on this. Um, I'm a big Joao Felix fan. I've said to you guys before that I think he represents less of a risk than Mikhailo Mudrik. But I also understand that because of Mikhailo Mudrik's potential, because of the fact that if he did come in, it would be on a permanent deal with a view to him being a key part of the Mikel Arteta machine in the years to come, that that makes more sense than going and lumping a load of resource on a loan deal on a player that in six months' time you might be priced out of buying. Or the player himself might think, no, this is not for me. Arsenal might think this is not for me. I don't know. It's oh, my, my mind is scrambled, guys, because, you know, on the one hand, Arsenal are playing brilliantly on the pitch. It's really enjoyable. It's really exciting. And then we're being linked with Mudrik and Joao Felix. And that's really exciting, too. And it almost feels like this is too good to be true. And someone somewhere is going to burst our bubble. And I don't want that. So, yeah, let's see. Let's see. What would you guys say? Joao Felix, Mikhailo Mudrik, both. How do you see this playing out? Let me know in the comments. I'm interested to know your thoughts because i got to be honest, I have no idea what's cooking behind the scenes. I know that Arsenal are talking to Shakhtar Donetsk over the potential of Mikhailo Mudrik coming to the club. I know that Joao Felix has been sounded out by the Gunners, but I don't know how far along any of those two deals are at this stage. There are reports online from you know, various accounts saying that, you know, the, the Mikhailo Mudrik thing is very close to being agreed, but we haven't got that on any type of authority at the moment. Uh, we haven't got any concrete information around Joao Felix, only that we know Arsenal have sounded him out. But what, what does that mean? Have they been to his representatives? Have they spoken to Jorge Mendes? Has there actually been any contact with Atletico Madrid? Is the way that we took Thomas Partey from Atletico Madrid going to pose us a problem? in potential negotiations over Joao Felix. There's so much to unpack here. It's really, really difficult at this stage to make sense of all of it. Let's see what you guys are saying. Uh, lots of uh, love in the comments. Thank you all so, so much. Um, really, really appreciate all your, your kind words. Um, Raphael says, thanks, Harry, for bringing this show amidst uh, your busy schedule today. Yes, it would be a statement of intent if Arsenal could get both Felix and Mudrik. Maybe the midfielder could be Tielemans. So that's the final bit that I just want to kind of bring you up to speed on with Yuri Tielemans, um, because there are some reports doing the rounds today that actually the Yuri Tielemans deal is not a goer uh, in January. And that's actually something that Arsenal are prepared to wait until the summer to do, which on the one hand makes sense because you'll be getting him for free. 
You know, it makes sense for Yuri Tielemans because as I've talked about before, you know, he will be able to then command quite a sizable signing on fee, which will be great for him. Um, you know, rather than the money going to Leicester City for us to do that deal, instead he would collect. And, and that probably is something that's more appealing to him. That money that he would collect, the signing on fee you'd imagine would be less than what Leicester would be looking for as a transfer fee. So maybe it makes sense for all parties. And so we are where we are. I don't know. Um, but let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's go back to the comments then and see what you guys uh, are um, are saying. Uh, Deflected Mind says, I want to know how rich the other teams think we are. Every transfer, we're being held hostage. Someone tell these guys that we aren't backed uh, by sugar daddy owners. 100 million on Mudrick. Wow. Uh, big hello to Anurag as well, who joins us from India. Matt says, I'd rather Mudrick and Danilo. From what we understand, and I think it was David Ornstein as well that put this report out just a week or two ago, that the Danilo interest has called. Arsenal don't really feel like that is something that they're, they're going to push forward with at this moment in time. That was what we were told. So I'd be surprised if that was almost resurrected at this point. Um, I do think we need a midfielder. I really, really do. And I too, Matt, would rather that we got one of Felix or Mudrik and then a midfielder. Because I think that's still an area that we are very, very short in an area that if we don't address it, it could really, really cost us at some point in the season. So I'm with you on that. If we did go and get two centre for, uh, two forwards, I beg your pardon, that would be great and amazing, but it would be, it wouldn't make total sense to me, just in, in my opinion, looking at it from the outside in. Uh, Jared says, if Mudrick wants to be here, we should go for him. Uh, Guna Penn says, Mudrick and Tielemans in January. And rice in the summer, rice, that will cost a lot of money. Look, this might be a controversial opinion. I think there are better midfielders out there at a fraction of the price that you're going to have to pay to get Declan Rice. He's Premier League proven, as people say, which adds a premium. He's English as well, which adds an even bigger premium, which I don't think is always fair. Um, so, yeah, he's not the one I would be I would be looking at, if I'm being honest with you. Um, Adair says, uh, personally, I hope I've said your name right, mate. Sorry if I haven't. Uh, he says, personally, Joao just rings too many red flags. He's really plateaued at Atletico, and I'm not expecting him to be worth the hype. But it could be a bit like the Martin Odegaard situation, couldn't it? As I've said before, where he's this wonder kid, bursts onto the scene. Everybody loves him. Everybody wants him. Atletico win the race to sign him. Then, as you say, he plateaus a little bit. But that's because the environment and the circumstances in which he's playing his football are not, you know, the best for him, are not getting the maximum out of him. So, you know, maybe, um, you know, this could be a bit of a Martin Odegaard story part two. Bring him in on loan, see how he gets on. If you like him, then you go make an offer. And on obviously having been away from Atletico and and with his contract six months, you know, further into it, which means there's less time left, you might be able to get a better price. You might be able to get a better deal. And maybe, you know, you can reincarnate him almost in the way that Arsenal did with Martin Odegaard, whose career was heading in a very similar way. Um, uh, Jinesh says, the fact that we're talking about both parties doesn't necessarily mean we're going for both. One could still be plan B, completely agree. Um, I'm not saying for certain or, or, or for a matter of fact that, you know, we are looking at both, but th there there seems to be an interest in both at this stage. Arsenal haven't branched off one way or the other 
from what we know in terms of trying to make one happen and, and almost pushing the other one to the side. We do know that it seems to be more advanced with Mikhailo Mudrik because the player wants to sign. We know that. We've heard that from his own mouth. We know that Shakhtar, uh, you know, are telling the world and their dogs that Arsenal are in negotiations with them. Is that a ploy to try and get other clubs to come in and potentially outbid us? I don't know. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The fact that we're talking to both sides doesn't mean that we're definitely going to go for both. But, you know, David Ornstein certainly had an opportunity to say it's either plan A or plan B and certainly had an opportunity to kind of, you know, make that clear. And he didn't. And, you know, maybe that was inadvertently, but it still suggests to me that actually Arsenal feel like if they could do both, then then they will do it. And, and why not? And that would be really exciting because what it would do is it would it would send a message. It would send a huge message, you know, to everybody that, you know, A, we're we're going to try and do this. We're going to try and push for the Premier League title. But B, I think it's it's what it says about the ownership. And, um, you know, at a time where the club are recording losses, where it's been really financially difficult, for the club to come out and make a move like that would really, really say to everybody, you know, yeah, we do care and we are here and we are on board with this project, despite in the past having been accused of not being completely in on it, not being completely uh, committed, etc., etc. Uh Big thank you to MB for signing up on the YouTube membership. Thank you so, so much, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Welcome to the family. Don't forget to go over to the community tab and find the link to the Discord server and join us. Uh, we are going to be moving away from YouTube memberships uh, very soon. We're going over to the Another Slice platform. You can find the link uh, in the description below and instructions on how to sign up there. But for the time being, you're good. And thank you so much, mate, uh, for joining up. Also, uh, for our existing Another Slice members, you would have been billed uh, for the next month, I think over the last couple of days, or depending on when you signed up, you're going to get that refunded because as I promised you, you're going to get a couple of months free now. So don't worry, don't panic. If you see that, you are going to get it refunded um, by myself. So um, so bear with me, you'll be getting an email uh, in the next couple of days about that. And, uh, and yeah, the confirmation of basically what I've just said to you. Okay, um, what else have we got? I'm going to take a couple more of your comments because, as I say, I'm, I'm off to work tonight, uh, heading down to the Den for Millwall against Bristol City. Full commentary on BBC London Digital Radio. Really looking forward to it. Really excited about it, actually. Um, it's the first game that I'm doing for BBC London as the main commentator on digital radio. I've done reports loads and I've done... Uh, some games on the website and stuff. But this is the first one that I'm doing on digital radio um, alongside, as I said, uh, former Manchester United and England defender Paul Parker. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, maybe sounds insignificant to some, but I'm, I'm on, honestly buzzing about it. So can't wait. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Fort Lauderdale Guna Craig says, uh, does the Another Slice membership include a plate at the barbecue? Hope you're good, my friend. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Next time you're over, give me a shout and we'll make that happen. <laughs> we'll make that happen. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, MB says, I think we'll get Mudrick and Felix this window. Maybe someone else if Felix comes in on loan without an option to buy. Oh, man, like I, I'm I'm so reluctant to get sucked into this like thing of believing and, and hoping that maybe we will 
do multiple bits of business this window. Um, but, you know, the noises suggest that we we might try. You know, we might just try. Uh, David says, would there be any Atletico issues due to the last minute party release clause trigger? Yeah, I mentioned that a, a few minutes ago, that perhaps Atletico Madrid will feel a little bit angered by the way that we went after Thomas Partey, the way we did it, the way we, uh, you know, triggered that release clause on the final day of the window. The truth is, though, they knew that that release clause was there. And I, I believe that Arsenal would have at least contacted Atletico and said, here's an offer for the player. Even if it was below what Atletico wanted, they would have then at least been aware and, and understanding that there was a possibility that Arsenal could do that. And it was getting towards the end of the window anyway. Um, so, yeah, let's see. But as Luyolo points out as well, we did loan them uh, Lucas Terreira a year later. Was that Arsenal trying to make amends uh, with Atletico Madrid? Potentially, potentially. I don't know. I don't know. OK, guys, look, I'm going to have to love you and leave you. I am sorry that this is a really brief, short episode of the Chronicles of Aguna. But I promise you we'll be back tomorrow with some full length stuff, uh, full show coming up. Uh, maybe depending on what time I get home tonight, I'll drop a little video just to, if anything, uh, you know, um, if anything develops between now and when I finish work tonight. It is going to be a late one, so it probably will wait till the morning. Uh, if it's not urgent. But yeah, I'll see you guys very, very soon. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in with zero notice. And once again, at a completely random time, it is very, very much appreciated. So just to quickly summarise, talks with Mikhailo uh, Mudrik's club, Shakhtar Donetsk continue, as confirmed by the CEO of the club, who said earlier today that he was about to jump on a call with the Arsenal hierarchy to continue the negotiations. David Ornstein, in front of the NBC cameras yesterday, revealed that Arsenal are interested in Joao Felix. He said that the numbers would have to come down, but that they probably would come down. And so that remains a possibility for the Gunners as well. Of course, the Portuguese forward also being linked with Manchester United. Uh, Yuri Tielemans, uh, who may have been um, in a lot of people's minds on his way to Arsenal in this window, doesn't look like he's going to be joining uh, next month. It looks as though uh, that deal, if it happens at all, is going to have to wait until the summer. But the priority right now for Arsenal is to bring in uh, a forward. And Mikhailo Mudrik seems the one that they are going all in on at this moment in time. Thank you all so, so much. Don't forget to leave a like on the video. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you are new. Uh, really appreciate the support. Love to every single one of you. Have a great day. Have a great evening. And I'll see you all very soon for more Arsenal chat. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.